Hello, a very warm welcome to you, our fellow cast listener. Uh, this is another Bring Your Own Bible episode, which comes in a string of Bring Your Own Bible episodes that we've been doing over the couple last couple of months. And today we are on chapter 33 and 34 in Genesis. So if you haven't been following along, you can find all the previous episodes right here on the Fellow Cast podcast, and uh, you can listen to them at your own time or on your own time and at your own convenience. They're really such a blessing. They've been a blessing to me. And it's just awesome to listen to scripture in this way. So today, uh, Pastor Garth kicks us off with a story of Jacob and Esau meeting again. And there's a bit of a tension building up to this. And and you'll just have to listen to see where it ends up after today. So enjoy this episode. And thank you, Pastor Garth. Thank you, Valdu. We left this story on quite a cliffhanger last time. Um, Jacob had this encounter with God on the other side of the Jabbok River, wrestling with him the whole night. And as he came across the river, he was about to meet his brother Esau after all of those years. Having left his brother uh, deceived and um, bereaved of his birthright, um, but also the blessing that his dad was going to speak over him. And um, his brother is coming towards him with 400 men. And Jacob splits up his family, uh, convinced that if the gifts that he sent in front of him did not appease his brother's anger, uh, there was going to be a battle. So behind Jacob then uh, was walking the two servant uh, wives with their children. And then came Lee with her children. And then came um, Rachel with Joseph, the beloved son of all, right at the back there. So if everybody else was going to be wiped out, Rachel and Joseph might still run away and survive. But here he comes then and see the moment of tension as on the horizon, Esau arrives with his 400 men. Jacob comes towards him and he nails down on the ground. He kneels down. Um, just as a sign of respect and honor to his brother. All the messages were the gifts that he sent to his brother had that same message. It said, um, this comes from your servant, Jacob, to my Lord, Esau. And now he's kneeling on the ground towards his brother. His brother comes towards him, and instead of a fight, he throws his arms around him. And it says, and they wept. Just this beautiful Uh, reuniting of the brothers with none of the anger and bitterness um, that left them last time. And Esau asks, well, uh, who are these with you? All of these people walking behind you, all these children, these women. He says, these are my wives and these are the children that the Lord has given me. Then Esau asks, "And, and all of these flocks that came towards me from your side, whose are those? He says, well, that is a gift from me to you. And and immediately Esau says, well, I don't need it. I've got more than enough. Thank you. You can keep it. But Jacob's reply is quite telling. He says, "Um, having seen you now with a smile on your face, it's like seeing the face of God. And therefore, Please receive them as a gift from me. And Esau accepts. And then Esau says, so come, let's go to my, to my home. I'll go ahead of you. 
And he says, no, 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 please, you can go. The pace at which you move is way too fast for the pace of the children and the wives. So you go ahead. I need to drive all these flocks um, into the land. And uh, Esau says, all right, but let me leave some of my men with you to protect you and guard you along the way. Uh, and again, Jacob says, no, 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 it's all right. I don't need that. Um, God has protected me up until now. I'm fine. And that to me is a bit sad, you know. Uh, it would have been nice. He's insisting that Esau would receive a gift from him. It would have been lovely to see that he receives a, receives a gift, even if it's just protection or um, uh, company along the way. Uh, from his brother as well. But so uh, Esau returns back home to Seir, um, which is in Edom, the territory that the Lord has already given them. And um, Jacob doesn't go down to that area. He doesn't go to his brother's house. Um, rather, he go to, goes to Succoth. Um, and it's a place called Succoth because of the shelters that he built there. And um, later on, he moved not far from there to Shechem. And he placed his camp just outside the town on a piece of land that he bought for a hundred pieces of silver um, from the head of the city, uh, a man called Hamor. And here we come into chapter 34. After this quite joyful chapter 33 comes this really, really sad chapter 34. Uh, now keep in mind just the scene that Jacob has just arrived in a place uh, where he hasn't been for so many years, and it's the first time that he actually settles by himself in this place. Previously, he was a son in a house, um, and now he's in new territory, new neighbors all around. And the one daughter that he has, Dina, um, Lee's child, goes into this town called um, Shechem and goes and visits some of the daughters of the land. And the prince of the town, Hamor's son, whose name is Shechem, funny enough, he grabs her and he rapes her. And she comes back home. Jacob hears about it, but his sons are not there yet. Um, and when they arrive, they are filled with anger, filled with anger, and rightfully so. Shechem comes then with his dad, Hamor, to speak to Jacob and says, Listen, um, I love this girl and I would love to marry her. Just give me the price, whatever dowry you will ask me or a gift, I will give it to you. Please just give it to me as a wife. And again, Jacob doesn't make the decision. Rather, he speaks to um, the sons. And they come up with a deceitful answer. They says, all right, uh, that's all right. You can marry her, but you guys, all the men of the city, you need to be circumcised just like we are circumcised because that is the way that our God walks with us. That's the sign that he has given us. And um, to that, Shechem agrees. He says, absolutely, this is, this is wonderful. It's not a big price to pay. And so he goes into the town and he says to all the men of the town, listen, we can marry their daughters and they can marry ours if only we would be circumcised like they are. Now remember that Jacob is an incredibly wealthy man and he came to live on the doorstep of this village. So for them, this is a great deal. And he convinces all the men and the men agree and they all get circumcised. 
And to that thing, Dina is given to Shechem as his wife. But three days later, two of her brothers, direct brothers, also sons of Lee, um, Simeon and Levi, goes into the city and um, they go in without any hindrance. It's like, like any other day. And unexpectedly, they take out their swords and they start killing every male in the village. Obviously, starting with Shechem, the prince, and with his dad, Hamor. And they take Dina from Shechem's house and bring her um, back to the camp outside the village to their dad's house. Arriving on the scene a bit later is the rest of the sons of Jacob. And they rush into the village and start plundering the village um, and taking all the children and wives out of the village as their slaves. What a horrible scene this is. The family of Jacob uh, murdering the men in the city unexpectedly. It's not a battle. It's not like they've arranged a, a fight. And then stealing their stuff and their children and their wives. Well, when Jacob hears about this, uh, he says to them, Listen, what have you done? You have made me a stench in this place. Uh, you have destroyed me. The people all around here will hear what happened and they will come and they will wipe me and my family out. You have brought death on us. And Jacob and Simeon, uh, Levi and Simeon just reply, But yeah, but should they have treated our sister like a prostitute? Now, the answer to that is obviously no, it was wrong. But it doesn't make what they did right, does it? And Jacob is in terrible fear, thinking this is the end. He's just arrived back in this land and they're going to wipe him out for destroying the people of this village. So he calls out to God and God speaks to him and says to him, go to Bethel. Now, what was Bethel? I just reminded you at the beginning of the story, that's the place where God met with him. That's the place where that night when he was in distress, running for his life away from his brother who wanted to kill him. That night when the heavens opened up in a dream and he saw a ladder coming down to earth where angels come up and down to this place where he is and the Lord standing at the top of the ladder and God making this promise and saying to him, I will be with you wherever you go, and I will bring you safely back from this place. Now God is saying to him in his moments of distress, go to that place. Go to Bethel, where I've met with you. And so he tells his entire family, listen, we are going up to Bethel. We're going to break up camp. We're going to go there. It's not far from where they were, but he tells them, bring all the idols that you've got with you and your earrings and we're going to bury them under this tree outside the village of Shechem. And so they all take it off. And whatever idols of the land they had um, or images of worship of the land they had, things like earrings maybe with a, with a sign on it, they took it off and they buried it in a hole, cleansed themselves. And here they went to go and have a meeting with God. Bethel meaning the house of God. And sure enough, God does meet with with Jacob again there and God restores the promise that he made to them 
He says to them, this is your land. The, the promise that I've made to Abraham and Isaac, I make to you. I'm going to give you this land, this territory. And God again spells out the territory, the exact borders of the land that he said to him. And um, as he meets with him there as well, uh, God gives this name to himself. He says, I am El Shaddai, which is God Almighty. <laughs> he restores him. He says, I'm the Almighty God. No matter how powerful the people around you are, I am God Almighty. And after this, this wonderful meeting with God, um, Jacob then calls the place El Beth El. It's interesting. Last time he just said, this is the house of God. And now he calls it, this is the God of the house of God. He now had an encounter with the God in this house of God. May that be every one of our experience, to have an encounter with the God of the house of God. Not just coming to a place, but coming to the God of that place. And um, he, he again has a whole meeting there with God, um, renewing the covenant that he had with God, placing again an altar in this place and worshiping the Lord at this place. Well, the chapter ends off um, with Rachel passing away, this beloved wife of his. She fell pregnant again, um, just like she pleaded with the Lord after Joseph was born. And um, as this boy was born, um, she could feel that her life was giving away. It was a difficult uh, birth. And she then called the son Ben-Uni, which is son of my suffering or son of my sorrow. But after she passed away and she was buried in that place um, called Bethlehem, uh, later that would be the place that Jesus is born, um, Jacob then gives the son a new name and says, no, his name will be Benjamin, not son of my sorrow, but son of my right hand. And um, it must have been quite a loss for Jacob. This is the one wife that he loved out of the four of them greatly. And so these two boys, Joseph and Benjamin, will then be the favorites. And we know where this story will lead us to in the next generation. Just a last note at this place, because it's going to be um, later when we come to the end of the book of Genesis, we're going to reflect back on this happening. It's just an incident, just a verse or two that we have on that, that says, Reuben, the eldest son, went in and slept with Bilhah, one of the servant wives of Jacob. And his dad found out about this. Now, many, many, many years later, when um, the blessings are called out on his sons, um, it will again be said, remembered, that Reuben, uh, you wronged me in this. And Reuben then, instead of a blessing, got a curse on him uh, because of this. His dad never forgave him for what happened here. All right, Valdi, so let's leave the story there then. And uh, next time we will pick it up as it goes into this next generation with the 12 sons. Thank you, Pastor Garth. We are looking forward to the next episode and we thank you for this recording and for what you've been putting into these sessions, uh, being able to just translate the Bible, so to speak, into a easy listening version. And so we thank you for that. We thank you for uh, just challenging us with Scripture. Until next time then, I trust that you've been blessed as you've listened and you can look out for more Bring Your Own Bible episodes coming your way in the next week weeks and months to come. Until next time, bye-bye.